All right, picture if you will, I'm on top of a hill, pretty darn steep hill, and I'm overlooking the city of Seattle. It's early, the sun is coming up. Yep, that's right, the sun. I know it sounds like an oxymoron in Seattle, but the sun has come up. And for those of you that have never been to the Pacific Northwest, I highly recommend making a trek out here. And if you can do it while the sun is out, which peak time is I think between June 10th and June 11th, then do that because it makes it even more. I'm just kidding. The sun is out for a good good four months. Um, but it is it's unbelievable when the sun is out. I admit uh, the top of uh, a couple of hills in a part of the city called Queen Anne, which is right near the Space Needle, which is infamous in Seattle. And Queen Anne has a lot of very, very steep hills, but it's awesome. So you can see panoramic around the downtown Seattle. You can look out to the Puget Sound. You can see Lake Washington, where I've seen a uh, seaplane take off. I see some kayakers uh, out there in the water for some strange reason. And then uh, you see downtown Seattle, which has just cranes everywhere. It's going crazy. Queen Anne is pretty cool. It has a lot of, like I said, very steep hills and, and terrain. So I had to sit down before I started this. Otherwise, I'm completely out of breath. But uh, it's named Queen Anne because uh, the third Queen of England used to come over here to escape the dreary weather in London and spend her summers here. And, and she loved to, the water and she would... I'm just kidding. I have no idea why it's called Queen Anne. I probably should have looked that up, but it is a pretty cool spot, and there's there's a lot to see. Now, for those of you, again, who haven't been to the Northwest, my wife and I lived in Oregon 30 years ago. Oh, my word, 30 years ago. Kind of lived near the Nike campus, which was basically outside of Portland, but, but very cool. And Portland and Seattle are different. Seattle has a ton more water, so when you visit and you're a landlocked citizen like myself from Colorado, it's always nice to see, you know, a lot of different water. The challenge is when you're driving around, you don't know the city too well, you know, I've been coming here for 20 years, the, you get off the highway accidentally, and it takes another hour to get back on. You just, you end up in no man's land trying to find your way back. A couple things about Seattle that uh, you may or may not know and may not like. Uh, if you don't like dogs, uh, don't come to Seattle because everybody has at least one dog, if not like five, and they just let them run around. Luckily, I like dogs, so not a problem there. If you don't drink coffee, uh, you're kind of SOL because that is the national drink of the Pacific Northwest, so just, just get used to it. If you don't drink coffee, eventually you will. I guarantee it. When we moved here 30 years ago in our early 20s, I had never had coffee before, Within about six months, I'm drinking three or four cups a day. Uh, I finally toned it down. If you don't like craft beer, uh, you can probably address, but uh, you're, you, that's going to be everywhere for you. So a lot of, lot of very cool things, especially if you like to be outdoors. Yesterday, I had some open time in between meetings. It was such a nice day that I rented a bicycle, as I usually do, and hopped on a trail called the Burke Gilman Trail, which basically is a man-made trail mostly over train tracks that starts uh, west right on the Puget Sound uh, on a beach and it goes all the way to Bothell, Washington. 
winds through the city, goes along Lake Washington, goes through University UW, goes right through the university. So you got to kind of avoid students who are looking at TikTok on their phones. So that makes it, you know, a little bit like Frogger. You're trying to move around them. But once you get through that, it is, is just an amazing ride. Not terribly difficult. You will get passed by the serious riders on their road bikes uh, who are trying to just make up speed. So I tried to catch them and I did it. But anyways, so that was a fantastic ride. And that killed a, a good chunk of the day. But uh, the reason I bring this all up to you is uh, to advertise for the Northwest. And uh, I think it's really cool. And if you can make it up here, then uh, it is certainly worth it. All right, now what was I going to talk about today? I think last week we left off and, you know, we were talking about your benefits. And, and again, this is Johnny B and this is FinBits, which are simply financial bits of information. And, and I know that most financial podcasts or TV shows or anything financial is boring to probably 98.2% of the population. So the goal with FinBits is to take financial bits of information, give you some education each week, and hopefully add a little bit of a uh, little bit of color, a little bit of humor once in a while, uh, that will make you want to listen for about 15 or 20 minutes. Now it's really designed for a lot of folks that are in their 20s and 30s, but I think it's applicable to people in their 50s and 60s because you may trip over something you didn't know, and/or might have some good bits of wisdom you could pass along to your kids or grandkids. It's probably not for middle schoolers, but uh, maybe kindergartners, they might like it. So last week we talked about uh, the friend with Benny's. And the friend is your corporate employer. And the Benny's are all the benefits that they offer. So I want to make sure that you know you follow up and, and check on your benefits. Open enrollment is probably the end of the year for most of you. But uh, never hurts to check in and, and see what you did enroll in so you're ready next time. Take advantage of... HSAs, FSAs, high deductible plans, disability insurance, certainly max out your 401k if you can. So go back and listen to that from last week and that'll give you some other things to, to think about. Now this week we're going to talk, the, the title as you see is if there's a will there's a way and we're going to talk about when do you need to get a will and all the accompanying power documents that go with it. So we'll, we'll dive into that. But let me first touch on the markets and what's going on. Markets are kind of bumping along. There's so much news in the markets with, uh, you know, the, the debt ceiling I talked about last week. Interest rates kind of calming down. We're going to have elections soon and possible recession into the year. So the markets aren't really sure what to do. So there's kind of humming along. They go up one day and down the next. So we, you know, we could be in a similar kind of trading range for the rest of the summer. You know, who knows? Come after Memorial Day, historically, markets tend to calm down because people don't pay attention as much, and so there's less trading. But, you know, we'll see. The S&P 500, which, again, is the 500 largest U.S. companies, a good representation of the U.S. market. Year-to-date, uh, right now, it's sitting at about 4,100 and change. Year-to-date, it's up 8.8%, close to 9%. Over the last 12 months, it's up 7%. And three years ago, it was at 29.55. So over the last three years, it's certainly increased. The MSCI EFI, which is Europe, Australia, and the Far East, again, developed markets much like ours. Uh, it's sitting around 2,100 right now, year to date. Similar, it's up 
about 8.8%, close to 9%. And over the last 12 months, again, similar, it's up almost 8%, just under 8%. Three years ago, it was sitting at 1641. So again, over the last three years, it's been positive, uh, even counting last year's uh, significant drop for all the markets. Um, and then Bitcoin, you know, which I always throw out there. I don't, I don't really understand Bitcoin or invest in it, but I think it's interesting. Bitcoin is hovering around 27,000. It's been fluctuating quite a bit. Year to date, it's up 63%, which is crazy. Over the last 12 months, though, it's still down 10%. And three years ago, it was at 92.35. So it, is, uh, it has gone up quite a bit, but can it sustain it? Is it going to help during recession? What is it going to do? Nobody knows. And then finally, the 10-year treasury, which again, I think is a pretty good barometer of a, of a safe investment. Three years ago, the 10-year treasury was yielding only 0.66%. So you didn't get a whole bunch of money if you put a whole bunch of interest if you put money in there. But now it's the yielding around 3.5%, 3.63. And that's been moving between 35 and 4%. Uh, so that's that's kind of interesting, the 10-year yield. All right, so let's let's jump into um, where there's a will, there's a way. And and what do I mean by that? So as I go through a lot of meetings with folks and talk with people, I always ask, do you have your estate documents in place? And usually I get a blank stare. And it doesn't matter if you're in your 20s or 30s or your 50s or 60s. It, it never hurts to have things in place. So what if you don't have a will and you expire prematurely, which nobody wants, but unfortunately it happens. If you don't have a will and you have some stuff, meaning you've got a house, you've got a car, maybe you have some investments. If you don't have a will, then whichever state you live in, is going to decide where your stuff goes and that's called probate and depending on the state they could either be really good at it or not so great at it I wouldn't roll the dice I would assume they're not so great at it if you don't have a will they're gonna send it to your closest relative your closest relative might be Aunt Edna and you don't want to give her anything because she's not the person you would want to give any money to so having a will helps things, helps guide things where you want them to go in the simplest fashion. What else do you need? You need a power of attorney. Power of attorney comes in place if you become incapacitated. So you don't expire prematurely, but you just get injured prematurely. So I always like to tell people in a somewhat morbid way, you don't get hit by the bus. You get nudged by the bus and kind of dragged down the street. So all of a sudden you're not dead, but you're certainly not good. So power of attorney comes in, so you give someone the power to act on your behalf and make decisions for you, whether that is investment decisions or uh, other financial decisions. You can have a financial power of attorney. You can also have a healthcare um, power of attorney. And along with that, you would also have healthcare directives. And all that, and I'm, going, I'm being very uh, simple here. Healthcare directors would simply tell the doctor and or family members your wishes if you could not speak for yourself. So again, if something were to happen to you and you're not quite expired but you're pretty close, you might want them to pull the plug. You're like, I don't want to be on a feeding tube for two months. 
you know, if it looks like I'm not going to make it and I've got a couple of opinions, then go ahead and yank the tube out. That's <laughs> in a general sense. That's that's healthcare directives. So when should you get all this stuff in place? Well, if you're in your 20s and you're recently out of college and you're single, well, it's nice to have at least a basic will in place. You know, and, and have have your documents. But I know it's hard to go out and spend, you know, $3,000 to have all this stuff in place when you're still trying to figure out how to pay your, you know, your subscription bills and, you know, your trip to Mexico. You know, so something's got to give. And I don't recommend you go out and do it online. So I, I understand. But have something basic in place. At least people have an idea of what you want to happen. But certainly once you get into your 30s, you have a spouse, and you start to have little humans that look like you or pretty much like you, and or you're leaving the country, those are really opportunities. If there's a life event, it's certainly time to get your estate documents in place if you're on the younger side. And here's the biggest reason. If you have a little human, aka kid, you want to find out and you want to make sure that you decide who is going to raise them if something were to happen to you and your spouse. Because if you don't, again, the state is going to decide for you. And as I mentioned before, if you don't want to leave Aunt Edna, because she's your closest relative, you don't want to leave her any of your stuff, you certainly don't want her to raise little Jimmy because that could just turn out really, really bad. So you want to be very aware of who is going to raise your child if you are not around. That's probably the number one reason that you get your documents in place at a young age. And certainly if you don't have a kid yet and you do have a significant other, then it's always nice to have your documents in place. So, so they take care of your things um, if you are not around. It's just a good thing to do. And when you're young and do your documents, and I'm not giving legal advice, I'm just giving uh, some financial bits of education. When you're young and you do your documents, you probably don't have to do them again for a while until you kind of have that second kid or you're 10 years later. You want to check on them, but you really don't have to make too many changes when you're young. Now, let's say you're in your 40s or 50s and now your kids are in high school or college or maybe they're out of college. Well, that's another good time to review your documents because maybe there's some th you don't necessarily have to worry about the guardianship anymore but hopefully your your net worth has grown a little bit and now you want to make some some updates you want to make some changes and you know maybe now you need to put a trust in place with which I'll talk about another time and, and a trust goes beyond the will to really put you know added direction for your estate documents so there's always a good time to review things but again you don't have to do it every year but Every two, three, four years, you certainly want to check things to make sure they're still going to accomplish what you want. So let's say you're retired now. You're in your 60s and 70s. You definitely want to up, you know, update your documents because maybe you're in a different state. You're not in, you know, you're not in Washington anymore. Now you're living in Arizona because you want to see the sun on a regular basis. Well, then sometimes state laws uh, will cause you to, to make a few updates, and that's not a bad idea. And again, like I said, maybe you need to put a trust in place. Maybe you need to add some life insurance. There's all different kinds of things that you might want to do. All right, as I mentioned, I'm up on a hill and dogs are going to start barking, so I'm going to try and avoid them. But uh, it's just part of being here in Seattle. All right, so we talked about all this. So where do you go to get this done? 
Well, again, if you're in your 20s and 30s, I'd probably ask your folks. Hopefully, they got their stuff done. And if they don't, you're going to prompt them to get their stuff done. But ask someone who you think is fairly responsible, you think probably has it done, and do they have an attorney that could help you out? You're going to spend a little bit of money, but it's worth it. Like I said, you probably are not going to have to do it very often. So if you do it once every 10 years when you're younger, well, then call it $2,500 and you know, maybe it's a couple hundred dollars a year when you really, you know, extrapolate it out. It's a pretty big word for me. So find out from your parents, maybe relatives, maybe friends your age, you know, do they have someone that you can contact? Also, if you work for a larger corporation, look at your benefit package. I recently was talking to a nephew of mine and his company has a benefit package that uh, has legal services. And specifically for that reason, for you to get your initial documents in place. So that's a very good place to check and see. Not everybody offers it. You're pretty much going to have to be a larger part of a larger corporation. But uh, that'd be the first place I start because you don't need anything too extravagant. You just need something. What I don't recommend is you go online to one of the online places and do it yourself. Now, you guys are all more tech savvy than I am, so can you do it? Probably, but I just I just don't want you to do it because you just don't know if you have it done correctly and you're always going to have that back of your mind, did I, did I complete it? So do it right, get it done once, and again, don't worry about it for a little while. All right, are you still with me? Did I bore you to death? Um, so where there's a will, there's a way. So your, your parting thoughts, your go-bits, are to make sure, sorry, that's a seaplane that's taking off in the distance. That's kind of cool. Wow. So your parting thoughts are to, to get your documents done in the next 60 days. It's not that hard. It's not that fun because you have to think through some things, you know, but I highly urge you, especially if you have a young child or two, uh, to get it taken care of. I can't tell you how many people that that I come across that are in their 40s or 50s and don't have any documents and they've got kids and property and all this other stuff and things would just be a disaster. And really the reason you're doing it is for the people that you leave behind, it makes it easier for them to deal with your stuff or your kids when you're gone. It just makes things smoother. So think that you're really doing it for, you know, the family that you're leaving behind, um, if that helps you get it done. And again, don't uh, don't go online and start asking people who you know. All right, well, hopefully that was not too terrible, and um, you're uh, you're going to go ahead and take care of those things. Next week, uh, I promise we're going to start on investing 1.0 and talking about asset allocation. What is the difference between a stock and a bond and a mutual fund and an ETF and all these other acronyms that the financial industry uses that uh, not everybody is, is real familiar with. So we'll walk through those things. Hope you have a fantastic weekend. And again, if you can find some sunshine, run up to Seattle and grab a cup of coffee. Take care.